Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh no, I am being amplified. I feel like God. Yeah, man. You look, uh, you look okay too. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh, there we go. There's lights. On on well, now there's heaps of lights on us, and our voices are still amplified. So now it's feeling very godly up here. Hello, now, Melbourne. How are you? <laughs> are you feeling godly? Yeah, you guys. On this Easter. It's true. Sunday. That's right. What was Jesus doing right now? You remember? Uh, he was in the cave, right? He was in he, his, was no, he in a he cave? Risen, didn't he? He's he up. Hasn't, yeah, that's He's Monday. up. He's up. They find out tomorrow. So Friday he gets nailed. <laughs> He's in the, they put him in the cave. Sleep. Little sleepy time for... for he, sl- he got nailed. He slept it off. And then the boulder gets rolled on today, Sunday. And, everyone and then wha- Monday, everyone finds out about it. Yeah. And they're like, this is the guy we want to hang you with. Know, so I reckon today, he's sort of like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to go back out there. Yeah. <laughs> I get the feeling these people don't like me that much. <laughs> I got a chance for a fresh start. I can well, get out. Luckily, he, w- he didn't stick around for too long. Afterwards. Serves, didn't he? He, you went to a like Christian school. Yeah, yeah, I went to an Anglican. Do you know I went to an Anglican school for all thirteen of my schooling years. So you should. And know I, that. I don't retain anything. <laughs> well, I remember once but, but the chaplain. The front row yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some Christian motherfuckers up in here, but <laughs> what I remember is the chaplain from my uh, primary school. He had a heart attack. He died and then got brought back to life. And came back to chapel the next week, and he was like, what's up? I seen God. And everyone was like, <laughs> everyone was like, no, man, you saw paramedics. You're fucking lucky. 
Did he? Did, do you know like how dead was he? Did he? Did he, he was he was dead for like a minute. That's so sick, man. I always hear stories about that, and I don't know if it is reflecting the fact that we need like new terminology for that. Because like if you're dead. You know, you should, should, that should be final. We should reserve that term for people who aren't coming back. But people are like, I was dead for 12 minutes. And it's like, well, I don't. you're here telling me about it. So yeah. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, but mostly, mostly dead. dead. Yeah, mostly dead. It's sort of, I mean. It's, it needs its whole other thing. I like this guy in the front row. He's part yeah. of the show now. This is great. <laughs> hey, so folks. Is, wait. In that on. sentence, is mostly an adjective or an adverb? Uh, adjective. You don't dead. You don't deading. You know he, she, we, dead. <laughs> that doesn't work. I am deading right now. Yeah, you wouldn't say that, would you? No. <laughs> Mister, so, you fucking, you, you, you give me so much beef on the spelling bee. Your yeah. grammar is terrible. So I'm not fucking explaining grammatical concepts up there. I'm did just assigning words to idiots anyone, like you. Did anyone just? By round of applause, did anyone see the spelling bee that guy did that I was on a couple of weeks? <laughs> That was like an invigorating experience of getting so bullied by a guy in, a, in, a, in his dojo, like <laughs> a full room that he had brought people into and then just fucked me up. It, it was, was like Fight Club. You know, it was like getting beaten in the face. It was like, this is new. This it is was, exciting. Honestly, it was so nice. <laughs> it's nice to have like a framework in which to bully you. Um... And it's been, do you know what? I'll say this. You know, obviously we've watched a film and actually it, for context, some of you I imagine have been brought here and so you don't know what the f fuck this is. Shout out to all the partners. Oh, on an Easter Sunday, yeah. man. That is rough. I don't know how many people that applies to, but that's, that's a rough use of it. Make some noise if you have no idea why you're here or who we are. It's not a bad turnout. Pretty good. It's it more is. than zero. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. <laughs> if someone was like, "You can come to this podcast," and I'd be like, "What's the concept?" And they explain. I'd be like, "You have fun, but I don't need yeah. that." Like, <laughs> tell me about it afterwards. I've got like, a whole Sunday to look forward to. I don't out, need this. Hard out. But, um, but anyway, why was it? And we're so grateful that. Yeah, you are. yeah. Thank you so much, King. <laughs> but what I wanted to say before we get into the weeds of discussing this non-canonical but still very important it Fast is. and the Furious spin-off. you keep saying it doesn't make it true. It's non. It's non-canon. It is canon. It's Joseph Moore told us. Joseph Moore done no shit. I've, <laughs> I've been on the Wikipedia page. It's not canon. Is it? Well, I don't know. Someone might have written it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it yet. I want to say... I've had such a nice time being in Melbourne with you. Yeah, same, man. I really have. It's been Do you know, great. and the other day, because nearly always this work, and you messaged me, actually, you said, what are you doing today? And then before I could even reply, you said in all caps, I am not going to ask you to work. I am messaging you as a friend. I did. Because <laughs> I had to. Because I know the feeling that that, that message from me must elicit. <laughs> Because you've been going hectic, man. You're doing so many shows yeah, over here. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing all sorts I'm of stuff. And then you get a message from Timbo. <laughs> hey, what are you doing right now? Have you got a microphone in your mouth right now? Because you fucking should, you dog. And so what we did, we went together and we lay down uh, in the Fitzroy Gardens. Mm. And it, it, it was, I mean, you got some good gardens in the city. If those gardens were in New Zealand, they'd be like the main feature. <laughs> And here they're just some fucking throwaway gardens in between other landmarks. And it was so, I felt so connected to you, Tim. Oh, and I, I love you like a brother. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm sorry that we have to talk about the movie now. Hey, it's okay. 
I've had a fantastic time hanging out with you. Um, yeah. I'm 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 out of here in like 36 hours on a plane back home. Yeah, you'll your be city, missed. Your city is tremendous. And now to the topic to the at hand, Hob- Fast and Furious presents Hobson Shaw. Yeah. So uh, for the for the six or so uninitiated in the room, Tim and I are currently uh, we're reviewing the Fast and the Furious franchise backwards, uh, and with a descending number of views that correspond to. Uh, when the movie was released in the franchise. So that means we've we've done Fast 9 nine times, Fast 8 eight times, 7, 7, 6, and so on and so forth. And the only way to do the live show was to do something which was, I would say, non-canonical. So um, <laughs> a movie that exists in the universe, but is not it's not canon. And you could ask anyone that. You could ask anyone who's familiar with the intellectual property and they'll tell you this shit is not canon. And so today I went around to Tim's Airbnb in North Melbourne and I scaled some very narrow wooden steps. They're crazy, yeah. And I almost knocked myself out on quite a low oh, beam. Yeah, I forgot to warn you about um, that, sorry. And then we lay down in Tim's bed uh, and we watched Hobbs and Shaw, which it's a long time to be lying down and awake. <laughs> Two hours and uh, 20 minutes. Is the run time. We did the whole credit sequence too, which we don't always do, but there were Easter, I mean, talk about an Easter treat. There were Easter eggs strewn throughout the names of the stunt coordinators and catering companies. We were on our own little Easter egg hunt <laughs> That's right. in, the, in the credit sequences. Um, and, you know, I'm proud of us. I think I got home last night at like four. My man. What were yeah. you do? What makes you so cool? How do you do it? <laughs> I was born this way, baby. Ah. Oh. Can't develop what I've got. Who else was you born this way? You don't. <laughs> Lady Gaga, she was born that way. Yes, she was. You guys have made of the same stuff. And I reckon The Rock was as well. I reckon he came no. out of the womb like that. The Rock was born different. He's different. He's built different. So <laughs> <laughs> he carries himself different. Let me. Oh, let me. Let me. Um, how big? Go on. Relative to his body, how big does his cock look? You can juice up your chest, you can juice up your arms and legs, but you cannot get your cock musclier than it already is. It would get lost on that canvas. It would look like a smudge. You'd be trying to get it off. You'd be trying to get it off. Because it's interrupting. Yeah, because you'd be like, this is, yeah, yeah, this is ruining the thing. Because everything else is to scale. Yeah. And then he's just got a man's man's penis. You ever think about that? Jason Statham now, he'd have now. a good looking cock. He really would. It would be perfectly to scale. It looked yeah. just the same. And I reckon he'd shave his pubes to have that five o'clock stubble. Yeah. You know, like a great instance of the AstroTurf matching the AstroTurf, I guess. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, like his cock and balls are also British. There's something very British about <laughs> yeah. pubic stubble, I think. What? So you're just going to choke me until I spew? That's his cock. <laughs> That's when he goes to masturbate. That's what his cock says to him. I don't know about all that. Is he trying to get his hand out and his balls are doing like kung fu on his fingers, swinging around? All right. Well, since we're here, so you, <laughs> you talking about um, the the rock's penis? I, well, I do you reckon he juices? Uh, what roids? Yeah, it's hard to imagine messes, he doesn't. That messes with your junk long term. He, he, no one can look like that, I think, and, and avoid roids the whole time. And also, I think, like, there's no reason to avoid roids unless you're in the Olympics. And last time I checked, The Rock 
is not an Olympian. No, yeah. He doesn't have that on his... So I reckon... I, I'm backing you a smudge comment. You reckon, oh, you, you think, think it's, it's not even... And it's not even just the size he was born with. You think yeah. it's getting... Sm- is that truly what happens on steroids? I think... I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I should probably start taking steroids then. <laughs> All right, all right, Monty. Okay, he's all excited for the big show. <laughs> Head full of steam. This is a huge six opportunity for me. He's gone off book. <laughs> there are six people we could convince we're funny right now. <laughs> I liked this movie. I'm not going to disagree with you, Tim. It is a welcome departure from the Fast and the Furious universe. Do you want to know why? <laughs> They've got real music in it. Yeah. Actual fucking songs. There's one bit where uh, we'll explain the plot in just one moment, but they reference kind of in a, um, what is it from where it's like a heist movie and they name it after celebrities, like the different, oh, Ocean's Eleven, they do it, like old Hollywood celebs. I think it's a bit of a trope in the heist genre. And so Shaw has these series of setups that he's developed as a child with his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of them, a Keith Moon. And they got the rights to The Who. And they played The Who. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? A good movie? Yeah. yeah. Shitting me? It's, it, is, it was jarring to hear like a song that you already know in, a, in, this, in this exciting new context. I mean, it's not a shock they had the money to get the rights to The Who. The budget for the movie was $200 million. I think <laughs> what's, more, Wikipedia. what's more remarkable is the refusal for other Fast and Furious movies to use. Like, they continue to insist on using the score that I assume Vin Diesel's daughter composed. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. She didn't do anything to you, man. But it was interesting because they did—they've got a move called the 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 Keith Moon, which is like a, a explosions of percussion. So it's a lot of explosives and there's a lot of you noise. You know what that's about, eh? Because Keith yeah. Moon was the drummer. No, because he used to put pyrotechnics on the drum kit, and apparently one time he put fucking way too much in and blew himself up. I did not know that. Are you making that up? No, that's real. That's true, and that's what they'll be. He lived a life, innit? Yeah. Was he, was he, he died, 27 Club? Yeah, he died young. And he was the one who like drove a car into a hotel pool. It was either him or Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concourse. <laughs> <laughs> Historians to this day continue to debate. But they had another one. They have another setup. So it's a trope. Uh, they're twice the movie. They've got the Keith Moon, and it's told in flashback where you see young Jason Statham and his sister doing the Keith Moon. And then later on in the movie, they go, and the Mick Jagger. And then you're like, fuck, I can't wait to see what Rolling Stones song they use. They don't play any rolling. They just, yeah. they just have something called the Mick Jagger in silence, it would seem. It's fucked up. It's stupid. It's a, it's a nasty and tease. You would have to think that they uh, wrote, shot, got the film completed, and then the producers were like, it's going to cost fucking how much? No, 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 no. Because they, and, and to their credit, they sp- you can see where they spend a lot of the money. Mm. And uh, I believe they're called action sequences. This movie is not light on those. Has anyone here, just so we know who's familiar, seen Hobbs and Shaw? That's not many. Those are the same people who haven't heard of us. <laughs> so uh, the, for the rest of you, I don't know how familiar people are with the Fast and the Furious franchise, but the Hob- Hobbs and Shaw, it takes place between... And we've do you do one-minute plot? Real time. Okay, sure. I'll time you. It takes on. place between no, wait, Fast 8. This oh, is just this set, is set and setting. Between Fast 8 and Fast 9. And um, it stars The Rock and Jason Statham. Do you want me to do it? 
Ready? Yeah. And go. Okay, there's a sexy woman who's an MI6 agent and she's trying to get a virus, but Idris Elba in some sort of crazy suit that gives him superpowers stops her. And so she injects a virus into herself and runs away. And then The Rock and Jason Statham wake up and they have different mornings, but the same morning. And then <laughs> they are told they have to work together by Ryan Reynolds and Rob Delaney to retrieve the vi- or to recover the woman and retrieve the virus before Idris Elba can get it. And then everyone's finding the woman and, it, everyone, and they're trying to get the virus out. And Idris Elba's on their tail. 30 seconds. And um, well, then they go to Samoa. And uh, they and they have a big fight, and they use traditional Samoan weapons, and the good guys win. Tidy. Three o'clock, forty the, seconds. They, they, there are some other stuff I left out, but that's the broad strokes. That's the cut and thrust of it. That's yeah, and uh, you know that was surprisingly efficient. You, do you know what the secret is? You don't get bogged down in the weeds. Yeah. You look at the flowers up the top. You don't need to look at the weeds. It's sort of our job to get bogged down in the weeds, though. That's sort of. Oh what yeah, conversationally, we'll, we'll now get into the weeds. The meta, <laughs> the meta plot is that Idris Elba is part of a um, sort of global conspiracy of techno. I don't want to call them know, techno I, utopians. Yeah, there was a lot that made this movie feel unique from Fast and the Furious movies, mm-hmm. and the villain's exposition and the like care and detail applied to the backstory yeah and it's like this is marvel sort of or traditional yeah. superhero fodder where it's like there is a logical entry point to believe that the villain has a genuine reason for what they're doing they're not doing it just because they want to create carnage he's doing it because he thinks it's it's i think followed tonally a similar thing to winter soldier and i say that as someone who has never seen winter soldier <laughs> but based uh, on tim's got great instincts for this stuff though <laughs> everything i hear and feel and vibe about winter Sh- soldier i'm like yeah that it's that, that's that's what's playing out here. What's Winter Soldier? Uh, Captain America. Who's that? <laughs> what do you mean? He's a Avenger. Oh, okay. It's it's in the. Um, Are they in Marvel? Mar- yeah, it's yeah, Marvel yeah, yeah. stuff. You've seen a Marvel, right? Yeah, I thought those guys were DC. Is he friends with the Fanta- the Elastic Man? They're DC. <laughs> what have you seen? Uh, have you seen an Avengers? Who's in? Who's in those ones? Like everyone, that's sort of the point. The point is it's all of them. So you've got... They all come together. Who are the stars? Tell me the actors' names. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I've seen Iron him. Man. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Okay, sick. I see him around. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I went to her one. She had her whole own one. You went to that one? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. How was it? It was all right. I didn't... Totally get... I didn't get it. (laughs) She looks after herself, though. She looks good there, Scarlett Johansson. It has been said. She's not in this movie, Hobson Shaw. No, no, none of those... None of the superheroes are. I can see her in Fast and Furious. Idris Elba's character... Yes. He used to work with Jason Statham in the army, and then he went rogue, and he teamed up with a company called Etienne. Yeah. Similar to Etihad. Well, no, I (laughs) think... So the Etienne's are this, like cabal of uh, elites that are trying to well they're using a virus to wipe out humanity to rebuild them as like supercomputers androids sort of yeah cyborgs. They, at one point Idris Elba Idris Elba is a cyborg in this which fucking rules <laughs> yeah he's he's like in you said he get his powers from his suit and the plot synopsis which I'll exclude because you're running against the clock but really he, he's Robocop they made Robocop Idris Elba yeah, so at last a black RoboCop. Am I right? About time. That's right. Last I checked, it's 2023. You know, I think they should make a dog RoboCop. 
It's I think that exists. What's it called? Robo dog. I think that's a thing. Canine. And it's spelled K and nine. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? It's Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Hold on. Ah, nerd alert. What a wrestle control back from the audience. Uh, these are smart people. They know what's true. It. They know a lot about theology but and the movie K9. Do you know? Does anyone know oh about? Oh yeah. Anyway, what I, where I was going with that. The the we walk past the Melbourne Theosophical mm. Society. Does anyone know what goes on in there? I asked people for what the word means and no one knew. I fucking watched a YouTube video about it like six months ago and I cannot remember. Is it is like it is it like um, theosophical philosophy? Is that like a pan-religious kind of humanist yeah. bent? They believe thing? in it. Not humanist. Okay. Humans are bad. No one knows. Fuck you. No one knows. No one's been allowed in. It's a nice building. Here was, here's what I was thinking, right? Okay. I'm seeing this cabal called the e- Etians, and I'm like, it's fucking Eton because it's British. Ah. This is the elite private UK school that births all the prime ministers. It's like nine out of ten British prime ministers come from this one school. And I'm like, someone had some fucking fun with this script because it's about people who secretly control the world called Etians. Yeah. Right. Etonians. <laughs> And this is pretty fucked up. When did this movie come out? 2017? 2019. It's pretty fucking COVID-y, dudes. Like, the virus is called CT17. It's developed in a lab. And they want to, like... (laughs) (laughs) Okay? By the elite. (laughs) To be spread globally... And Robocop is in charge of the whole fucking thing. Or he's their weapon. We actually don't know who the guy in charge is, but my money's on Ryan Reynolds. Do you know what? I looked it up. You are not wrong. Ryan Reynolds. Keanu Reeves was in negotiations through the voice of the supercomputer in charge of Etienne, but uh, Ryan Reynolds worked a double shift. So it's not the character that Ryan Reynolds plays That's in the movie. That's what they fucking want you to think. He's the voice? He does the voice, it's yeah. The, it's him. It's but the he's, fucking he's character. But he's credited under a different name, like Chippy Sweetness or something. So in that in that family, you laugh. Wow. It's in that family. I didn't laugh. They laughed. Yeah, yeah. Never no, yeah, you, you, you never laugh. No. Um, I was so stoked to see. Ro- There's a lot of cameos in this, as per. This is what fans the, sta- the, the star power in Hobbs and Short. This is. There's a few reasons why I think it hits harder than a Fast and the Furious movie. Namely, um, it's le- it just feels less self-serious. They have better music. It's packed with stars, and the star power feels more because you recognize the stars from movies that exist outside of the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. And that cannot be said for the Fast and the Furious franchise. So all so of these actors, they've created this whole fucking ecosystem that they just, you know, they would do them without anyone watching, your, I believe. Your experience of a cameo is like, Vin Diesel's in this one? He's fucking from Fast <laughs> yeah, and Furious yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say every time we watch a Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's back for another extended cameo. Roll call. <laughs> Who do we see? We see Ryan Reynolds comes real early. Rob Delaney. Rob Delaney. Helen Mirren. Yeah, she's in some prior ones though, I think. But yeah, but she's cameoing. This is true. Now, we were so fucking delighted to see Cliff Curtis show up as the Rock's <laughs> yeah. brother. Very cool. You should clap. Thank you very much. Um, New Zealand's own. He's got the range, man. He's got the range, Cliff Curtis. Equatorial, that's right. He, he, could play, he can play someone from any continent and never be accused of cultural appropriation. 
That's talent, you know. I've tried. I've tried it. <laughs> it's late before we printed smartphones or whatnot. I got away how with to, it. How to go? Well, I wasn't popular on set. Cliff Curtis is the Rock's brother in this, and the whole third act of this movie feels like a whole other movie bolted on. And I, I kind of fucking love it when movies do that. They're just like, ah, let's just fucking do something else. They you guys could, are probably yeah, bored. Yeah. It's a classic thing when they already fin- they basically finished the movie, yeah. and they're like, they need, we need another problem. So that we go, we travel to Samoa, and we uh, find out that the Rock copped his own dad. Yeah. Which, in my mind, makes him a big villain. Is that that's um you're using s- some sort of criminal slang when you say cop design? Oh dad. yeah, sorry. So he he um so his dad was like it sounded to me like kind of a low level crim, but then he sipped the police onto his own dad, and that estranged him from his family, which is why he had to leave Samoa and never come back. Yeah, but and that's a sick backstory, and it kind of reveal it's like. The fact that The Rock signed up to that, because I know he changes a lot of his characters if he doesn't like certain aspects, it speaks to what a little bitch he is in real life. That he, He's like, yeah, that's a cool guy that I want to play. A guy who fucking narked on his own dad. His dad could have been a bit mean. Everyone's dad's a little bit mean. <laughs> yeah. Your, dad's your, dad's. Lo- your dad's lovely. He's super lovely, super lovely guy. Has he been mean to you before? Surely. He's a dad. You have to. <laughs> Have you psychotic. been mean? Have you been mean to your toddler? Not yet, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> why? What do you mean, why? Why would why you do? Not, why, why would, would you do that? Because you'll need it when he gets older. But he hasn't. He does. He hasn't needed. You're going to make him steal a car. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> <laughs> but Remy might. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I'll g- if it, well, it depends. It's contextual. I wouldn't get mad at him just for stealing a car. It depends <laughs> what led up to it, you know? Uh, he was bored. So The Rock is estranged from his family. <laughs> and they, like, they... Ra- so, yeah, we've kind of glossed over a lot of it. But, um, but basically... Uh, this oh, you know, the, the, so you t- Huh? <laughs> what now? Go ahead. Shores? I just want to say there's one other... Ca- <laughs> there's another cameo. No, there's a few. But there's, there's a big the one big we one. left out. Yeah. Uh, on the plane... Jason Statham and the the Rock are doing. They're doing this extended back and forth where they're going. Oh, fucking Paul Blart Mall Cop two style. Yeah, it's yeah. They're going. Well, shit. you're. I'm. I'm like this, and you're like that. And he goes. Well, no, you're actually more like this, and I'm like that. And they're going on, and then they're like, "Do you know what this scene needs? Kevin Hart and Kevin they, Hart. They, is they the, weren't wrong. Is just sitting in front. Of he turns around. And he's an air marshal, and literally the most famous comedian in the world. Tim goes. Now who's that no, guy. S- no, 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 I didn't say who's that guy. I think it was a reflection of how much, um, uh, how hydrated my brain was at the time. I was like, what's his fucking name again? And, and I you s- said, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kevin Hart. He's basically the most famous person in the world, Tim. Which is fucking true. And it was fun to see him. All of the cameos were well deployed because they didn't overstay their welcome. Yeah. He was in it for, it, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, the wah. <laughs> You don't like The Rock, nah. Did you like the? Did you did any? Did you enjoy The Rock's company at all during this movie? You, I know you love Stath. Love Stath. And the appearance of Stath has necessitated, you know, The Rock being there to make it happen. So I'll forgive it. But any bit I that The Rock's in without Stath, I'm like, fuck, this scene needs <laughs> to be cut. If Get I th- rid of this dialogue. If I think about this movie relative to the other Fast and the Furious movies we've watched, which. Uh, 
I mean, you know, it's in the nature of the project. I had quite fun initially. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually quite exhausting. That's true. I was sort of taken by how much more this felt like a traditional movie. Yeah. Like how, how I was enjoying the world <laughs> of Hobbs and Shaw. It's, it's, it's fucking quintessentially us that there's one movie nestled in this franchise, which is actually halfway decent. It's like, yeah, that's the one we're going to do a one-off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking when I was watching. It. I was, it feels very odd that um, we would do a podcast after just basically hanging out, watching a movie together. It always feels like it's meant to be harder than this. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit it of is. a luxury item. It was. And that's why it's just a one-off special treat, Monty. Don't get used to it. Don't get too comfy with that. Oh, well you wait. Word. You wait until we watch Fast and the Furious 1. Or well, I believe in fr- they just call that Fast and the Furious. One time, though. Yeah, like I know. It's good, but... We're going to be on a fucking it. bottle rocket by the end of this season. You know that? 100%. It's going to be sl- sliding through. I feel like we've forgotten another cameo that's in there, too. But no, well, we haven't mentioned who it is. the woman who plays the MI6 agent, who's I don't know the actor's name, Vanessa Kirby. Tim does, though. <laughs> and you looked it up for me and have forgotten it since doing so. I just remembered that the character's called Hattie, yeah, and she's fucking cool. She is cool. Well, yeah, she was cool as hell. She makes some interesting choices, though. Like, what I don't know, there's some lines she delivered because her whole thing is she states brother right, so she's like uber cool and hyper capable, but then some lines she's like. Well, yeah, because you know how women be. (laughs) (laughs) They do have a scene where she's shopping for half an hour, and it's like this doesn't (laughs) need to be here. She's got a, she's got a live virus in her. (laughs) He teases, but you know, (laughs) do you think Hobson Shaw is a reflection of society? (laughs) (laughs) That's your next question. My answer is yes, a thousand times. Is that what I the world's like? I can't think of a stronger cultural metaphor for the times we live in than Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Tell me all about it. Show me you're working. Well, last time I started talking about man-made viruses, the audience got pretty uncomfortable <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, do you know what to your earlier question about did I enjoy any bits with the rock in it? I liked when he went home to Samoa and like seeing his brother hate him that was cool and just yeah, yeah. a bit of context well it's boring to have a character who's just because this is The Rock is Superman right and the super, Superman is fucking boring because he can just oh he can fly and he's got laser vision and he can see through walls and he's like invincible lame and also I think that I think that the broader issue which is what they transplant onto The Rock in these movies is also infallible yeah, like there's exactly. no there's no complexity, there's no depth. He's just he's a great single dad. He's a great agent. Yeah, he's a friend he's to all. Everyone got these loves him. These quippy lines that people enjoy, but are actually turd lines. They're bad things that he says. Wish I'd written some down, but just take my word for it, folks. They're bad. And I like Ryan Reynolds delivers all of his lines with this cadence that he has in every movie because he knows what he can do and he does it. Did you write some of that? I wrote. I sent it some of the, some of them to you on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, guys, t- gotten into the habit of using our um, <laughs> Messenger exchanges as notes. At <laughs> it's like send me like a couple of words. About what's this? He's like, don't worry about it. It's for later on. <laughs> I actually, I just changed from Samsung to um, Apple, and I didn't know how to get like all of the Samsung notes over. So I literally copied and pasted my entire comedy festival show and sent it to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> in in Messenger, and it was like, just ignore that. It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> and then I performed it, and I killed. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, they're good jokes. So, no, because at the start, when they're doing the, they both, there's a split screen to establish that they're the same but different at six o'clock, which I talked about in my 40 second summary of the plot. But eventually, they, they go through their mornings. Jason Statham's drinking a beer. He's had a one-night stand. The Rock's having an egg smoothie and, you know, helping out his daughter or whatever. They both eat eggs, which I like. Yeah. Because in some ways, they're different. But in other ways, they both like eggs. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can't beat nine eggs in the morning for high quality. We are also... Uh, sorry, in addition to Universal sponsoring this season, we're now in the pocket of Big Egg. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so happy to be I there. I suppose we're we've been the told to... We're the of yeah, Big yeah. Egg. Yeah. We've been told to call it the shell inside of the cloaca. We're on the inner sanctum of the egg. Um, but eventually in that day, they both come to fight some bad guys because they're independent of knowing why they're looking for the, the, the virus. And the rock, when he comes across the bad guys, this yeah. is, he says to them, uh, this is his line, which is an example of the dog two lines. It says, I'm an ice cold can of whoop ass. And you just think, fuck off, fuck off. Yeah. Everything you, I mean, I, I feel you on this. Like everything he says and does is optimized to like reach the broadest number of people. Yes, exactly. No and that I hate that uh, territory culturally of just super broadness because it's it's this boring, kid friendly place where like art dies and creativity. And I feel like The Rock is the king of that space, and I hate it about him. You, but well, conversely, because well, you texted me this, so I know you wrote it down. What states? So Stath has a quippy line as well. Well, he goes in. He's in like he's in the champagne room at a bar, and he says he refers um, to himself as a champagne problem, and <laughs> it's That's not bad. Cool. It's even like, what does it mean? It's so like I kind of get the even vibe, better. It's he lops the top off a champagne bottle and pushes like from the 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 jagged end up into someone's neck and someone's neck. I was and you're wrong. I was wondering why you reacted. So and then he slams the bottle into their neck. It's 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 fully closed. It's unopened. It's oh, just a blunt force trauma, which is still bad. Nah, nah, nah. Because then at the end nah, he's nah, holding nah, it nah, and nah, he nah. said, I, "It's I only cool if you're lacerating arteries." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking coward. But anyway, a champagne problem is is, is definitely like a, a little line I could see myself saying later on. You can't carry it. I absolutely. Can't. You can't carry it. I can't. But it's it's cool. I felt it's exciting. Before we were talking about that, oh, there was something I wanted to get into about. Oh, I can't remember. It. You're was saying it to do with the rock and Samoa. You're talking about the rock. No, I was after Samoa. You're talking about how it's where art goes to die. Yes. Oh, I can't. Where everyone it. agrees, it's the most boring place. That's the rock. That's why he's going to be the president. Oh no, this is what I wanted to talk about. Do you think? And it's independent of the Oscars slap. But you know how, like, Will Smith was the king of the box office. He was the most beloved, charismatic actor. Like, he was number yeah. one A1 superstar. Yeah. And then eventually there was just a, a point of exhaustion or the world sort of tired of him. It's, no one really turned on him. They just became disinterested and he chose... He tried to diversify his acting portfolio, maybe choose projects that weren't as... Pop purported blockbusters that weren't as popular. Is there going to be a tide change against The Rock? Do you, is The Rock a Scientologist? Does anyone know? Does anyone know nah, if the Tom Rock Cruise, Do you know Tom Cruise not. wouldn't let The Rock be a Scientologist? Well, you know Will Smith's a huge Scientologist, right? Wait, isn't he? Have I made that up? He is, eh? Yeah. What are they up to, the Scientologists? We got any in? Dog, honestly? You know I talk a lot of shit about a lot of people on this podcast. I do not want to fuck with them. <laughs> that shit's real, man. I, I don't want to get is into that, that. Are they the Illuminati, basically? 
Really? <laughs> Are they here? <laughs> Are they everywhere? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to, so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Do we, uh, we've got them in Auckland? Dog, I'm going to send you a Wikipedia article after that. Because <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but they conducted this operation in the 80s, I think, where they, and it's like historic because they were the, they most successfully infiltrated every area of the US government. And they, there was like the judicial, the executive, it was fucking crazy. And are they still there? I probably, eh? You're not actually comfortable talking about this. Nah, man. Because <laughs> I don't think anyone else would bother to get me, but like I've, uh, you know, they, 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 seem, they seem like petty and widespread. They don't like people talking shit about them. They really don't. Fuck Scientologists. <laughs> and that's the policy of both Tim and Guy yeah, fuck on it, the worst yeah. idea of all time. Yeah, right on. I don't know if The Rock's in there. But I mean, he's, he's, he's like you know, he could be there. Whether he is or isn't, do you th- do you think? Because you know, we're talking about how he's always going. We're for supposed the br- to be talking about Hobson Shaw, but Gal- the broadest possible audience. Is there going to be a tide change against The Rock? Are people going to get sick of his? Yeah, shtick? yeah, it's happening right now. Because the, actually the, the Black Adam stuff. What did he do? Fuck. See, this is it. This is this is like me and Winter Soldier. I don't fucking have all the. <laughs> You've not watched the movie. Absolutely not. Let's talk about it then. Well, you. I thought you saw it, Shazam. 
I saw the movie Shazam when it came out a while but ago. But not Shazam 2? No, no, no. Okay. Well, I, don't, look, I, I don't have to collect all of them. I just go randomly. Like, yeah, nice. It's kind of a cool way to go. Yeah, because I live my whole life. So I don't have to fucking see all the Marvel movies because yeah. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, nice. Get their ass. <laughs> You're going for some big hitters on this episode, man. Yeah. Fuck Marvel and fuck Scientology. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And Cliff Curtis, if he wants to do any accent, <laughs> I give him permission. <laughs> he can do that. I, I want to meet him. I would love to tell him. I saw Sam Neill in a bookshop about six months ago. Did you? Yeah, and I said, man, I love what you do. And he, he, he didn't want any part of it. Yeah, fair. <laughs> That's fair. I totally agree. Cool, cool to share a space with him, though, you know? I was, like, I was quite taken by a, him. He's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's a man with mana. He can do all the accents, too. <laughs> I, give him, I give him permission as well, yeah. Interesting. In fact, Tim, I give you permission to do some accents. <laughs> I think if you want to do a Chinese accent right now, that's yeah. your call. But I give you permission. Cool ass, man. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. I'll be keeping that permission firmly in my back pocket where it will stay. <laughs> Unused and barely acknowledged that. You can this. even do it in your show tonight without the context of this. You could just do that if you wanted. You could do that. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> really appreciate you. Wow, people say I don't give, but I <laughs> give. Cliff Curtis rules, and he feels slightly like... like He, he's, he occupies for me as... He's too good for the movies, like Helen Mirren. You see her turn up, you're like, really? Okay. Cliff Curtis rocks up. I'm like, but you're... But Fucking right Do you know what? They're allowed to have fun though. But he's in a lot of action movies too. It's so a, it's and it's a fun good. one for them. It is. But yeah. Cliff Curtis, it, like, if I look at it from Cliff Curtis's perspective, this script comes across my yeah my desk, and they're like, and they've already filmed two thirds of the movie, and they're <laughs> like, hey Cliff, we need to film a whole another third of a movie. We just found out. Yeah. You're the star. It's in Samoa. You're acting opposite <laughs> oh, The Rock. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, fucking hey, well I go to Samoa. I get to act against the rock. That's cool. I get to punch him in the face and he falls down a flight of stairs. Yeah. I fucking hate that guy. I'll sign up, you know. Because I reckon the rock would allow so few people to do that to him in a movie, to actually like lay him out. But that's the kind of respect that Cliff Curtis commands. Can I say something I found to be totally inconsistent between Fast 8 and Hobbs and Shaw? Oh, I'd love for you to point this out. So in Fast 8... The gang all have to work together, and mm. they have to work with Jason Statham, who had historically been a villain in the Fast and the Furious universe in Fast Seven. Mm -hmm. And they also work together, and like the, the 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 Rock and Jason Statham are having a bit of back and forth. They really don't like each other. They hate they hate each other's guts because of what's happened in Fast Seven. Yeah. But eventually, due to circumstance, they have to work together, and they become quite chummy. They even say to each other, "You know what? In a different time, if we work together, we would have kicked some ass." Yeah. Sowing the seeds for. A spin-off, yes. non-canonical, Hobbs and Shaw. And then at the start of Hobbs and Shaw, we see them both living their lives independent of each other. And the setup for the movie is, you know, they're talking to the rock. Brian Reynolds is talking to the rock and he's like, you're the only one who can do this. We need you to save the day. And the rock's mm. like, okay. And he's like, and we're going to get you a partner. And he's like, I don't work with a partner. And they're like, you're going to need this partner. And they say the same thing to Jason Statham. Rob Delaney says the same thing. And then they get together. Yeah. 
and they, they immediately the go back to where their relationship was at the start mm-hmm. of Fast 8, even though there's an entire movie inside of the cinematic universe in which they mend that bridge and actually start working together and even openly opine to one another and the audience that they'd make quite a formidable team. Yeah. Then the entire first half of their time working together, they are still fighting with one another as though they didn't show us in the last half of Fast 8 that they're actually teammates already. Yeah, I can tell and we're not meant to ask fucking questions about that. I can tell you're worked up about this. I think it's like when you haven't seen. Do you know what it is like? Sometimes when you've got a particular relationship with a sibling, and when you like first get back together with them, you just revert to the sort of default, and then when you hang out for a while, you get cool again. But if you, you know, then you're apart for a week, and then you come back together, you go back. No, to I, I got to deal with you again. It's like that, I reckon. So they had this opportunity of this whole movie, by the way, takes place over the course of forty-eight hours, which is that's the runtime. <laughs> <laughs> it's shot like crazy. twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, it is, they have gone for kind of a twenty-four-esque. I mean, it's obviously not in real time, but it's a very limited window, and they really fucking throw it in and out a lot. The thing that pissed me off the most, which I think speaks to how much better this movie is than all the other Fast and Furiouses we've seen, which is two. Um, <laughs> a lot though. <laughs> Vanessa Kirby's face. She gets scar. She get like. She gets fucked up. This she gets bloodied so and she gets scars. So and petty stuff. of you to care about this. And then it's this. gone between scenes. And then she gets bruised and battered again. And then it's and then she's perfect again. I'm like, but there's a fucking like timer strapped to her, so we know this is all going on within a day. Yeah. And it's anno- And then when we're in Samoa, the the start of the action sequence happens when it's dawn. Dawn. And then like. No shit, because you can map it out because they've provided a stopwatch for you. Eight minutes later, it's the middle of the day. And they're all exteriors. I'm like, just fucking don't start the thing at dawn. There would have been a, a very tired color greatist being like... Imagine me on continuity, just <laughs> screaming at it. And they're like, Tim, like, it's, uh, no one's going to care, dude. This is a you problem. And, and you're like, like you got no idea i got plans for this franchise. <laughs> 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 I don't want to have to stare down my mistake. Anyway. I didn't, I mean, that that didn't, bo- you know, it's a, it's a, you I, didn't care. Well, it's just a, f- it's, it happens to both of us in different places where it's mm. like, to me, it's a very odd thing to get hit up about. <laughs> it's like, oh, what, the scarring was inconsistent between scenes? Because I was following along using the journey of her face. Her face tells a tale. Because she, we first see her and she's this like flawless supermodel and then she gets banged up, which represents the vulnerability of this seemingly invulnerable character. Mm. But then they erase that by having her flawlessly made up again and then they fuck her up again and they wear it on her face and then they fucking clean her up again. I'm like, what am I supposed to believe, Hobson Shaw? You're supposed to believe in the, pow- the healing power of the human body. Have you seen a kid like with a graze? Yeah. Heals so fast. <laughs> the way people are laughing, that sounded a lot worse than it was meant to. I was like, I could get into it, but I, but what's so nice is I feel like they're doing the work for me tonight, which is so good. It's so good. I don't graze kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so long as we're starting words with GR, I don't groom them either. <laughs> You can stop talking your shit. <laughs> the Scientologists and Marvel are running a smear campaign against Guy Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, did you have a shining light for this whole damn flick? I liked 
I kind of liked it. It was still too long, but I, d- I did kind of enjoy the whole thing. Uh, wow. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. No, 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 no. I'm not applauding you. I'm applauding the filmmakers. All right, mate. Uh, I did write something down. If I go into. I actually did use. After you called me out, I did use another um, notes app. And the line I liked the best, the best one was, and it was in the middle of one of these exhausting tete-a-tetes when they're doing really like poorly written, you know, uh, comic jibes at each other about their appearance or their nature between The Rock and Jason Statham. And at one point when they're on the plane, before we meet uh, Kevin Hart, the air marshal, Jason Statham says to The Rock, uh, why don't you be a good elephant and suck up a kilo of peanuts? That made me laugh out loud. Yeah. There was one of, I think, like two true lols for me. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. Because um the so the the Stath is kind of a genius in the franchise, and so he's set them up with disguises because now like the global police are onto them because the et- Etienne's Etienne, yeah. have like this movie's pretty fucking wild, guys. They're in they're in charge of the media. In this the world, Eti- the, the Etienne's, the, yeah. the bad guys, are, they, they they're trying the to spread this virus right and turn everyone into cyborgs. This isn't Tim, okay? This is the fucking. Mo- I know it sounds very Tim, but this yeah, is the yeah. movie, okay? So they're trying to wipe everyone out with this 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 virus, turn them into cyborgs. Or so I, that bit didn't quite. I didn't quite get that. Did you get that? Get what? The connection between the virus and the robot thing. I think my guess would be. And I would have to guess because I don't get it. Uh-huh. That people who get the virus would get sick. But if you choose to team up with the artificial intelligence people, you don't uh. get sick. Maybe. <laughs> there was some lines about how like it could be programmed to target certain DNA. I don't know what that was all about. But they sounds it sounds that. like eugenics. Yeah, it does. Which would which would track with Eaton, and we are against <laughs> anti eugenics. That's yeah. right. That's right. So I <laughs> I get confused. On one <laughs> on one side of the ledger we have Jason Statham, and on the other we have Scientology, eugenics, yeah. and The Rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could just finish masturbating and take care of the other bad guys. You know, Jason Statham would be a great hero I can't for. I believe us. you brought that back. We're so far away from it. I just thought it was such a clever thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I even sh- shut my eyes to remember how it felt when I said it. So, your shining light was the scene where Stath has set them up with fake identities. He's yeah. gotten them plane tickets, and uh, The Rock's complaining because he doesn't. He's not in an exit row for his massive yeah. physical. And he says, "Won't you be a good elephant? Suck up a kilo of peanuts and go to sleep or something." Yeah, I yeah, thought that yeah. was tight. By the way, I've also got a theory. I want to run past you after you've done your shining light. Oh, I too kind of enjoyed the whole... I mean, like, it's sort of a cop-out, but hearing The Who in a Fast and Furious movie was fucking cool. It was great. It was good. Yeah. Put music in these fucking movies, guys. If I got a Fast X and it's just wall-to-wall shitty film score compositions again, I'm going to be disappointed. They've got... Because we're learning as we watch more of these movies that they've got a refrain, you know. It's like yeah. the slap bass from Seinfeld. Yeah. It is the slap bass from Seinfeld. They, <laughs> they use that for changes between scenes. <laughs> like Moscow. Boom, ba-dum, boom, boom. 
But the theory I wanted to run by And you. Ryan Reynolds, definitely. Ryan Reynolds was it. I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but I'm always happy to see him turn up in a movie. I, I was... He'll jump the shark at some point. He has, me. but yeah. as, as a cameo actor, he's perfect. Do you know he recently sold his, his telecom for like a billion dollars? His telecom? Yeah, he started a phone company called Mint Mobile. And they were like, we're not like the big guys. We're little and cool. And then he sold it to... um. What's the fucking huge one in the States? T-Mobile. Yeah, for a billion and a half dollars. Wow. Yeah, he's fucking loaded. He was now. already loaded. Why do, they, why do people do this? I don't know, man. <laughs> why is he doing any of this? He owns a football club and a vodka company. Jim. And he's got a lot of kids, so maybe that's why. How much does it cost to have a kid? <laughs> it's not a billion. <laughs> I... I, I hate to play armchair psychologist but i'm about to but i also know that he's from a big family i think and had a real bad relationship with his dad mm. so i think he's using money to try and show how much he loves his kids ah <laughs> sounds healthy sounds like something the church of scientology would love to do a little auditing on and help him with oh i didn't know that they audit you that would be sick oh not financially <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, they probably do if they don't like you. They'll figure it out. Here's what I want to say. I'm so glad you've brought me off the psychology. E Idris now. Elba. Mm. This movie's set in London. Yeah. He is a bad guy. Yeah. He wears a body armor suit. Yeah. We only ever really see him being a bad guy by day. There's another movie that's set in London starring Idris Elba featuring him as a bad guy by night. He plays a character called McCavity. <laughs> <laughs> These films were released around the same time. I believe he was not just working two jobs. He yeah. was working one job in the belief that he was playing the same character in the same cinematic universe the whole time. Whoa. So when he's not being the cyborg guy, yeah. he's nipping back to London to wreak havoc on the cats of London. Wow. It makes some sense. And every time he goes, McCavity, he he's transports into his body armor suit yeah. and he's talking to this, <laughs> the Rock and Jason State. Fucking love that. I love that. And maybe... Like all the tech that he gets is 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 you know it blends to, it's magic it's cat magic it's cat well, magic it, it asks questions about the connections between Etienne and cats you mm. know who's running cats who's running the ship like who's the Wizard of Oz in cats someone's in charge of that balloon right at the end that takes you to heaven I went on a hot air balloon <laughs> how was it the guy was in charge I think it was German uh -huh. it, it was the same guy it was lovely. There's like four but jokes that ran through my head then and I'm going to leave all of them unsaid. Say one. Say the best one. No. I wouldn't let a German near that much gas around me. But <laughs> you do you. Now do it in a Chinese accent. No, but I did go on it, and um, you know they don't have a wheel. <laughs> I was aware of the fact that a hot air balloon didn't have a wheel. Yeah. yeah. You thought it had a wheel? Thought what the fuck would a wheel do in a hot air balloon, bro? Stare it. 
Oh, a steering wheel. That's even dumber than what I thought you meant. I thought you meant like a wheel with a tire, dude. Nah, man, it's just a basket. Have you ever thought about a hot air balloon before? Yeah, I've been in one. Yeah, but before <laughs> then, did you ever think about like roughly how they might work? They just go up. Well, exactly. Yeah. So why would they have a steering wheel? So that you know where you're going. <laughs> to live in your head for a day. <laughs> so it, it's just the wind. Yes. Well, and the gas. And a bunch of sandbags, I believe. Do they have sandbags on your one? Didn't see any sandbags. Uh. Big basket, big balloon. The balloon's made from like puffer jacket material. Is that right? And you just go up. It's so thin, the stuff. Mm. And then you go up. And then at the end... The going down, you're not in charge of how it goes down. Right. Because all the, the other balloons going up at you, the same time. You or you, the guy in charge of it, isn't even in charge of it. I wasn't in charge either. No one was in charge. He kind of was. But all the other balloons were going down in the park. And we were like pushed off in a different direction. We just like saw all those ones go past. Uh -huh. And then we were getting like the horizon was getting close, if you know what I mean. Like sure. we're, we're about to be on the water. That's bad. And the, yeah, yeah. And the guy was like, we're going to do a beach landing. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and we're coming down real close to the tops of buildings. Like real close. Wow. And then we clipped the very top of a tree. Did and you? we're coming down. And he lands it on the beach. And it's cool as hell. And there's a lot of people watching. There's a lot of people watching. And then we help him. And it's very involved. You pack down the balloon. It's like a big sleeping bag. Yeah. And you get out of the basket. And the guy was like, do you know, that was an emergency landing. And I've never landed a balloon <laughs> on the beach before. <laughs> Holy shit. And we said, no. And then an ambulance showed up because the local person who was filming it from afar thought we'd crashed into a tree. In some ways, you had. No, we didn't crash into the tree. We just gave it a little kiss. You clipped it. You clipped it, and you had a crash landing. No, I we went like this. To we went like, here's the tree. We went like this. All of this to say, the cats and cats are worshiping hydrogen. Could be. Could be that German guy. Yeah. Right. Well, he doesn't have a steering wheel, though, is what I'm saying. So no one's in charge. It's just yeah, the gas. Yeah. yeah, obviously he doesn't have a steering wheel, Tim. How stupid are you? <laughs> Idris Elba's very cool in this movie, and he reminded me of a character from DuckTales that Guy and I have been trying to figure out who it is. Does it, we've got a whole audience here to try and um, figure this out. Was there? Have I imagined it, or was there in DuckTales a character who had robotic armor that he could command at any time and like turn into a thing? What's his name? Gizmo Duck. That eh, makes sense. Doesn't ring a bell, but and was he on a was he on a one wheel as well? Was that part of his jam? Was he yeah, kinda was so. he kinda sexy? <laughs> he Lin Manuel Miranda voiced him in the reboot. And was that sexy? Why do you want to fuck these ducks, bro? So I'm not allowed to fuck the real ones. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense to me. <laughs> when you're allowed, you just can't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> They've set this movie up to um, very strongly to have a sequel, and it's quite noticeable that the sequel hath not been made to this point. Got released. COVID happened. I just think everyone's tried to move on. I think based I think on Vin Diesel, fucking. Yeah, because so this came out. Then they did Fast Nine, and that's when the real falling out happened. That's when Vin uh, and The Rock were at loggerheads. You're on the wiki. How'd this do financially? Do you know? What Very well. Did it? 
200 mil box, no, 200 mil budget, I think 700 mil box office. Tidy. Yeah, I think that's quite a lot. Yeah. 700 mil? You could almost raise one of Ryan Reynolds' kids with that. It's crazy. He's like making all this money, then he keeps showing up in movies being like, well, you, you know, like, uh, I've got quips. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. you've got one and a half billion dollars. Stop doing quips, you piece of shit. I don't, I think it is over for him now for that exact reason. You can't be funny and a billionaire. No, like just fun. ask Elon exactly. Musk. <laughs> exactly. Fucking or even Musk. Dave Chappelle or Ricky Gervais. They used to be so funny. Remember when they were funny? I do. And then now they're just these fucking guys. Yeah. Bad guys. Yeah. So you, you describe Dave Chappelle as a bad guy now? No, he's just misguided and no one can talk him down. What about Ricky Gervais? Uh, Ricky Gervais likes himself too much. I reckon Ricky Gervais is probably a bad... Uh, I actually, you know, I've heard, I've heard from... Uh, I've heard that he's fundamentally... Se- like, if you meet him one-on-one, he's a personable guy. I'm, sh- I'm sure he is, but everyone is. Very easy to be. I know. Have you met a politician? Yeah. They're I nice. I knew Jacinda Ardern before she was the fucking PM. Brag about it. Yeah. She's not even oh, the well. fucking PM anymore, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's not. an old brag. <laughs> she was actually really nice. She was pretty good. That's a trick. What is? They're all nice. You, oh, meet, right. you meet all these people, they're all nice. Yeah. But, but to talk to, because they have to be. It's their job. Sure. That's the job, right? I There's one so. guy I met was not nice. Was it David Seymour? Yeah, it was. Really? Yeah, yeah. What was he like? Just a little freak. David <laughs> David Seymour is this guy we got in New Zealand who, uh, I don't know what the Australian equivalent is because I'm not plugged in enough. Have you got a libertarian, libertarian party in Australia? They get in. The Libertarian, the libertarian Party. party. That's a good sense. name for them. <laughs> this is what we Makes a lot them. more sense than your fucking liberal party. <laughs> All right, other guy from yeah, New Zealand. Yeah. He's stealing Guy Williams' bits now. Yeah, you should see my show. <laughs> um, we got a we got a libertarian in there by accident. His name's David, uh, but his party's called the Act Party, which doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Hobson Shaw. What um, you? It's so weird to see a good Fast and Furious movie. It gives me some hope of like what they're capable of for the rest of the franchise. I don't think we're going to see it for a while on account of the fact that we have to watch seven, seven times, six, six times. So on and so forth. And my understanding is they get better progressively as we go down. I so think, do you know what it is? And this is what I thought. Even watching this movie, there are so many action sequences, so many beautifully choreographed action sequences that, that you become immune to them. They wash over you. Mm-hmm. You don't actually engage with them for how incredible they are. Because of what this franchise has done, we take them for granted. Yep. And so the magic of what we're doing and what we'll get to is that the movies get smaller yeah. The sequences get smaller, and therefore I think they're more tethered to something we can appreciate because they're actually existing in a physical reality. It's like it's exhausting to watch fucking tow trucks hitching onto each other to keep a helicopter from All flying All right, away. guys, this was so fucking cool. <laughs> We're in Samoa, and uh, uh, fucking Idris Elba is hes sort of like, he's kind of losing almost at this point. So he's throwing every, he's throwing the whole kitchen sink at the situation, trying to take down this pesky Hobson Shaw so he can get the virus back. And he's got command of a military helicopter that's got missiles on it. And he's, um, and they've they've also, they've deactivated the, the means of deploying the missiles by using a computer. So he can't use the missiles. He's just in a chopper. He's just got a chopper. And, um, so he's managed to successfully get state sister. who has got the virus in here. 
fuck, there's a lot going on. There's so many balls in the air in this movie, man. Mm-hmm. And so they're taking off, and then Rock and Stace are like, no, it's my sister. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they've got to stop it. And so the way that they do that is they just, like, throw a fucking chain around the helicopter. That and then they're in a truck and the rock just starts like put, tugging on it. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, the rock's literally just holding a helicopter with a chain. Yeah. <laughs> it's cooked. But then, you know, which is absurd. But like, is they, it, And this the thing is, we don't even think to laugh at it. It's not exciting to see. It's like, yeah, yeah you think oh, this. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so they don't let him do it for too long, which is actually a relief. And then, um, and then all his Samoan family come up behind him, and they're like, everyone's got their own car, and they just start fucking hooking cars onto, onto cars onto so, cars. So get this: the Rock's car with Stafe is being taken up into the air like a hot air balloon out of control at the beach. Yeah. And to try and tether them down, uh, you know, a brother comes out of nowhere and slings a chain onto the bumper to add some weight, and then that one starts ascending as well. And then there's another another brother and another car and another chain and another brother. Another one. And it's fucking tremendous. What a great idea. One of the many great ideas for action. What I'm saying to you is what I'm looking forward to is just like when it's just two cars (laughs) side by side seeing who can drive faster. For me, that's good. That's good. You should get into the F1, maybe, or NASCAR or something. They've Fill got that? Boots. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a whole thing you could get into. Um, <laughs> this movie, for me, though, did a nice job of towing the line of uh, bullshit to enough physics that are, like, familiar to me. Yeah. It had a good level. But I, I, will, I will say, you, did, you didn't take that they're, they're makeup artists. You thought that there were inconsistencies oh, in the, the scabs thing. and scarring. That's on continuity, baby. Oh, yeah? The makeup artists did a great job. They did what they were told. The scarring looked convincing, but it was just fucking gone. We could go, after this, we could get on the IMDb, find the continuity person, and send them a strongly worded email if we, we like. should. I think I'm, I'm going to light them up, man. Yeah. I'm going to light them up. I'm going um, to... I'm, I'm, I probably won't think about this again, hopefully. <laughs> You've seen this movie before. I went to this movie in Edinburgh in 2019, so stoned in 4D. They had motion master <laughs> chairs. Motion master chairs and like, you know, spray and like smell. <laughs> <laughs> Do they really have smell? Yeah, but I was, I don't remember. I was too stoned. <laughs> what smell could you possibly add to Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw? Just like bad color Axe body spray. Gas- gasoline. Yeah, true, actually. Imagine that just dousing yeah. a cinematic audience. I think mostly, I think it's because the motion master is quite janky. I think uh-huh. they introduced the idea of smell in case someone shits themselves. You're like, ah, it's just the movie. <laughs> I spewed after a motion master once. Did you? Into like, I w- It was quite funny. I was with, uh, on holiday with a bunch of mates on New Year's. can't remember where we were. Topor, I think. There's yeah. fucking nothing to do there, by the way. If you're not into fishing, don't go to Topor. It sucks. It's not Sorry so bad. It's not so bad. It's very pretty, but it yeah. was raining. There was yeah, nothing yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. So we found a motion master, went on there, and like I'd just been drinking a lot, you know, for a week. And I got oh. outside and just spewed into like a public <laughs> Dude, know, bin. I was at the Adelaide Fringe and I'd bought a ticket to go on I can't remember what it was called, like the 
the kamikaze and it's like a wheel that goes around and around. you know one of those ones that takes you up and you go upside down and it holds you there like that and then you go and oh yeah kind of, okay hold on i want to i want to make sure i've got this is this okay. the ones where you kind of like you sort of pin to the outside a little bit no you're so you're inside Not the ones you're like that like a spinning no no no, no no it's like it's it goes up like it's like a it's like a ferris, ferris wheel really. sort of thing and you go and so it's going and then it holds you and you go so I bought a ticket, right? Because I really wanted to go on it. And there were people in it before me. It was quite late at night. And I'm watching this ride that I'm waiting to go on. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only ticket holder. And then at the very top, you see something like solid come out of the ride? And I was like, oh, no, someone's dropped something. And then you hear someone else go, oh, my God. <laughs> and then you see it come down. And then you see more of the same solid stuff. And it's actually not solid. It's fluid because someone is throwing up. And go on and on and on. And then you saw them get out. You, am I, we got to watch the whole thing. It was me and Chris Parker. And you watched this woman get out and she was shaking, man. She was shaking. Was that the one who vomited? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was, she was like... Oh. Anyway. <laughs> took me about 15 minutes to clean it up and I went on. <laughs> Good for you, brother. And it was a super janky ride. Good for you. Um, I want to make you aware that that's the time right now. Yeah, that's the time. That's what it is. Should we stop talking to each other? Yeah, it's probably about that time. So, um, if we were going to make one a other thing, or two. <laughs> it's not always late night people who are drinking who spew up on rides. When I was eleven, I went <laughs> on something called a gravitron. It's like one of those ones. It's it's rude to the ground. It goes round and round. It starts going so far. One. Yeah, yeah. And I was on it with my friend Oscar. Mm. It was in the Christchurch A&P show. And we got on and we were like pinned up. You can go upside down. You're like pinned upside down or whatever. And then a bar flew off the middle and hit Oscar in the head. And he threw up on himself. And his vomit was pinned onto his body the whole time. <laughs> and he was wearing this brand new rusty shirt that he just got from the surf store. It was like so nice. It had dragons on it. We were gutted. Was he all right? Yeah, he's that fine. sounds like a concussion, like a severe concussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all right. He's all right, yeah. <laughs> Shit, man. You always see those rides, and you're like, they look pretty janky, but they have to be safe. Well, They're the not. other thing we did at the Adelaide Fringe was Chris and I went on a haunted house ride, yep. and it's like this little thing, and you just go around and around and around. And it's not like I was waiting to be really scared because you heard people screaming, and there's like ghosts and stuff on the walls that come out and they're on like a, a rope and so they come out and they go this whoo, with whoo, the cadence like of an eight year old who's really yeah and they go like that story. and so that's not that scary but then they've got a guy in there there's yeah. a guy in there i got it okay and that's what's scary because the guy <laughs> just goes like this and, you know and their, finger, their thick sweaty fingers just graze your arm oh. and then you just don't know when they're going to come back they come back like four times it's just a guy it's just a guy it's very scary stuff I've told, I think I've told this one before on the pod, but um, do, you, do you remember that story about how I went to the Sydney Easter show when I was 20 and developed a fear of flying from <laughs> one of the rides? Because me and my friend Nick Phone, who was briefly in the army and considers himself a veteran, even though he only did basic training, <laughs> because, to quote Nick, it is a definition of a veteran. <laughs> and we both went on a ride that um, puts you on a roller coaster style holster that comes down and traps you in and then just flicks you around it looks like an octopus it's got all these arms and it fires you at the at the ground and then whips you up <laughs> just before you're gonna hit sounds good and we were both screaming <laughs> and like, i've never seen nick so scared in his fucking life and there's a veteran of the army a mate. veteran <laughs> a veteran he could have served <laughs> one day <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, by that definition, we are all veterans. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, we are. Yeah. So thank you for your service. <laughs> we went on a um, Ferris wheel afterwards because we were so fucked up. And then I, and, and I discovered that I had developed a fear of flying, like heights from oh, that no. ride, which I didn't have prior to getting on it. Do and then I, flying fucked me up for years after that. You would hate it on a hot air balloon. You know they don't even have a wheel? I... I would hate it on a hot air balloon. I didn't oh. think I could handle it. You know, that, that, like we we recorded a podcast recently in a very high up um, apartment building, and we went on the balcony. And as soon as I looked down, like, yeah, I'm gonna throw myself off. Yeah. For I better go inside. Yeah. I'm gonna truck myself off the 17th story. <laughs> yeah. I did think that once in a balloon, I was like, I could. It's hard not to think. I think any time I walk over a big bridge, I never do it. I'm still here. You know, and it's not its not scary. It's not like genuine desire. It's just like, it's the knowledge you can. Was there a French term for it? Was it like a lure for sexy? the void? Yeah. <laughs> I believe I pronounced that correctly. The horniness of the balloon. Hey, way to not die, brother. Well done. I love you, Tim. Love you too, guy. Um, And thank you so much for coming to our show, everybody. We hope you have a great day. And thanks for listening at home. And most importantly, happy Easter. Don't forget what Jesus did for all of us. So don't fuck it up. Um, Now that we'll finish the podcast there, but do you want to let people know that you got your last show? It's Tim's last show tonight. It might be sold out. If there's any tickets left, fucking get on it right now. That's king shit. My show's sold out tonight, but I've got two more weeks. So if you want to come along, I'd love to see you there. I don't talk about any of the stuff we covered today. I do do a Chinese accent, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming out, guys. Thank you very You're much, awesome. everybody. Cheers.